Wrestling with the Future. I am your host, Psychic Medium Angelo, joined as always by the guru who knew. He is the Encyclopedia Britannica of Pro Wrestling, Jeff the Ref Robinson. Hey, Jeff, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. How about you, Angelo? I am absolutely splendid this evening. I see on my screen, Jeff, we have a guest with us tonight, and we'll introduce him in just a moment. All right. Before I do, i got to ask you uh, uh, your opinion on a couple of matters of really importance this week in uh, pro wrestling. Yeah. So Blanchard is blowing up social media. What's yes, going sir. on? Um, basically, I mean, the hot take on it right now is she evidently says some very disparaging comments back in her day over in Japan and called a young lady the N-word, uh, who happened to be Puerto Rican. Um, and it wasn't only confirmed by like only one or two sources, multiple girls came out and talked about her bullying in the locker room and her not be, you know, basically her to sit there and say, can't we all get along Let's, you know, for the better good and for the better of all good. And then they're all kind of like, yeah, well, who are you to talk about, you know, getting along with everybody. And yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, timing could have been, you know, you, you could look at it and go timing wise. Was it wasn't because she just got the, you know, impact world title first female. To I, have the, I said that first thing that happened. I, I, I thought that too, but then, I mean, the other part. It's you know, interesting, though, Jeff. Tully's been real quiet on it. Yep. So Magnum, has Magnum TA. Yep. Magnum TA has been quiet, other than supporting her as far yeah. as getting, you know, getting the run for the belt. So, our uh, guest uh, this evening, who is uh, has got a look of shock on his face, I'm going to bring him in right now for his opinion on this. This is Mike Kelleher, and he is the host of the upcoming PBS program, Legacy List. Mike, thanks for joining the show tonight. I've got to ask your opinion on this. Uh, you follow wrestling. You know what's going on. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. Quite uh, welcome. I love you guys. Um, you know, great, great podcast. Um, thank you. But, you know, this whole thing, um, I, you know, I only just heard about this. Um, I mean, it just happened. And, yeah. Um, so I was reading about it the other day, and... Um, you know, I, I think there's enough people that are corroborating this story that it's more than just one or like one person who yeah. who got a uh, got a got slighted or right. was, um, in some way, shape, or form jealous. Like I think there's some real meat to this argue this this uh, issue here, and yeah. it's really it's really interesting to me to see what NWA is going to do now that this information is coming out. Well, well, Jeff, what's the take on the NWA end? No, it's actually, it's, she's with TNA Impact or I mean, TNA. TNA. Oh, Impact, that's right. Um, I'm from sorry. all indications, Don Callis and everybody that is part of TNA or Impact have not, they've been mums the word on it. They haven't really said anything about it. Um, Jeff, you know, why are they keeping quiet? I, I, I think it's, you know, if we don't, if we say anything in support of her, then it looks like we supported what she did. If we keep our mouth shut, then it's you know, let kind of let her handle it on her own. They they don't really have a PR department to spin anything. You know, yeah. they're not the WWE and the big machine to where they can put the spin on it and <laughs> you know make yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Jeff, well, do you well, think also like they just <laughs> had this monumentous thing happen? You know, the right. first yeah. woman to win. 
the men's title. Yeah, I, I think Mike just put his finger on it. I, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think that there are females out there that wanted that or thought that they may deserve it or I would have gone with that too, except for you have people like Chelsea Green, who is the, the girlfriend of Zack Ryder over in the WWE. Mm-hmm. What does she gain by coming out and saying anything at all? I mean... Well, she's got nothing to gain unless it's the truth. Yeah, I mean, so... That makes go the with, argument stronger for me, actually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I'm in agreement with you, and honestly, if I were the, co- I would not be surprised. Depending on how far this slippery slope it goes down, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they if, if they honestly don't take the belt off of her. I mean, in a matter of by the next set of tapings or anything, yeah. Just because you, I I mean, okay, she had such an attitude problem back when she had two trials with the WWE at the May Young Classic. Right, and they, didn't, and they didn't hire because they said you're well, Jeff. You know, Tommy Dreamer had an interesting take on it yesterday on Busted Open. He said, you know, oftentimes in the heat of battle, things are said in the locker room that you wish on an instant you could take back. Yep. Uh, and I and I attend, and I I know what you're saying, and I absolutely agree with what Mike is saying. I believe he's more right than probably both of us. Yep. Uh, and I said at the time, and you know, I shared this with you, there's a great deal of professional jealousy among the women because they're fighting for spots, Mike, you know? Yeah. Well, the other part of it is TNA, they could look at this two ways. Number one, we'll take any press we can get because it gets people interested in TNA because yep. people will tune in to see what TNA does with yeah. this this whole issue. That's what Jeff said today. Yeah. I, 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 it's almost like any press is good press. Yeah. Which is a shame because if this is true and there's only a few people that really know if this did happen, right. It's true. You know, it's absolutely terrible. And you know, there needs to be something that happens to make it right. And we can't lose sight of the fact and let, let's all three of us realize we're talking about professional wrestling, okay? This is a very different animal than, let's say, uh, if a if the head of a company said something. Okay, this is pro wrestling, and it's all. Let's be honest about it. It's all about the work, and it's all about the ratings. Yeah. This is going to get them eyeballs. Good, bitter, and different. It's going to get them eyeballs. Oh yeah, and. and- I mean, as Eric Bischoff once is quoted as saying, and it's the name of his book, Controversy Creates Cash. Cash, yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, the, the other thing is, uh, it, well, it kind of is in addition to what Tommy Dreamer said, it's actually what Jim Cornette had said. He said, basically, in the heat of the moment, yeah. he said, for all you know, she could have gotten potato. The other girl may not have been cooperating in the ring like, you know, she was expecting. Any yeah. number of things got caught up and was like, Hey, who are you? The fact that she spit yeah. in her face and then turned around and used a racist remark, that, that's kind yeah. of... I actually heard Cornette's take on it today, and he said that's about basically what he said. Yeah. Uh, let's switch to another a- subject that... Uh, because we could go down the rabbit hole oh, with yeah. this oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's switch gears to WWE, yep. particularly... The uh, current COO, 
and I say current COO because you never know what could happen in pro wrestling, especially if Vince McMahon gets a bug up his ass. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeff, fill everybody in on the uh, goings on of one Paul Levesque Triple H. Well, now this is what I need to be corrected on. If you if you do know this, Angela, I don't. He was evidently given a press conference of some sorts on a telephone conference. He was. And he was asked, uh, uh, they were asking him about wrestlers coming back from injury. And they somebody mentioned Daniel Bryan. And he said Daniel Bryan was a unique, special case. Daniel Bryan pursued everything, every avenue he had to get back into the shape that he needed to be in. In fact, True. he went so far as to prove the doctors who were saying he couldn't wrestle he showed them that he was able to, you know, he, he met all their criteria so that he could get cleared. Yeah. And Triple H said he had told Daniel Bryan, just like he would tell anybody else, because Daniel made it clear to them, if you guys don't clear me, I have other options. Mm-hmm. And he knew AEW yeah. was on the horizon. He knew New Japan was out there. He could have always gone back to ROH. Sure. He would have killed um, in New Japan or oh, yeah. Well, especially Mike, since he had been there already. Yeah. So... He knew that he could go, but and he told him that. And Triple H said, "That's fine and dandy, but you got to you you know one thing you do need to consider is you got a family now. You got a wife and kid, and right. kids, and the last thing we want you to do is get injured, or or see True. you get injured either permanently or die." Yeah, and I understand the looking out for him. So so Daniel Bryan took the appropriate steps. He stayed out. He was out quite a while, three years. Yeah. So when he was medically cleared and the doctors allowed him back in, only then did he wrestle. Correct. Now, let's consider other wrestlers who have had injuries. Y'all remember when, when Daniel Bryan came back and he took some really hard bumps? He did. Oh, yeah. Sure. I remember one he took, I think it was a Kevin Owens slam on the side of the ring. He took the apron bomb. Yeah, on the ring apron, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I thought... This is crazy. Why is he? Why is he even tempting fate like this? Yeah, they're actually calling that move the coffin drop. <laughs> no, no, no. The coffin drops what Darby Allen does in AEW, where he does that. Oh, I'm sorry, I stand corrected. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> I thought that was the coffin drop. No, no. It's a, they call Kevin Owens because uh, he power bombs him on the apron, just the apron bomb. I mean, just the okay. Um. Hey, it sounds good to me. <laughs> that, 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 that's just to put into context where the phone call or what that was going on on the press conference. Okay. Then they they asked. They said somebody had said, "What about Edge? What about Paige? You know, would you okay them to come back?" Yeah. Well, let's said, get into what he said. And Triple H said, "I would advise Edge, you know, that he has kids and Paige if she knows of any, and then." <laughs> then he went down an even slippery slope, more slippery, and he said, be it is that she's promiscuous and everything. Yeah. And it was all well, he like, exactly said was she tends to be a bit promiscuous. Okay. <laughs> <Not, laughs> Mike's over here laughing. <laughs> well, like she wouldn't know if she had kids. <laughs> uh, there you go. Exactly. The outlash at that was immediate and swift. And, and I think it's like what I, I, you know, when me and Angela, we were talking about earlier, as I said, if you watch it, Triple H almost kind of cringes after he even says the comment of like, oh, shit, why'd I go there? 
He wanted to back, but it was already out. You can't yeah, unring a bell. And, and I mean, and, and Angelo would know this. And I mean, Mike, you probably even have heard guys, you know, if you know of a guy who, who may be a player of some sort, sometimes they make the comment of, yeah, how many kids do you actually not know about out there or whatever? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, right. You know, and it's an offhanded comment, but guys tend to get a pass. Now, a girl, saying that about a girl, I'm with Mike. It is kind of laughable at best because how would you not know you had a kid? Yeah. Right. I should point out to people, we're talking about Paige for the record. I yes. want to tell everyone, <laughs> I spoke to Paige's mother today, Soraya Knight. Yes, Whoa. she did. And she will be a guest on our show in about three weeks. Uh, she committed to that on New Year's Day. I caught her on a good day. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you that she is none too happy to hear that her daughter is allegedly promiscuous coming from the mouth of the uh, CEO of WWE. I don't think that he should have said it. I think that he probably needs to issue even a public, like a public apology. But then again, you got some people who say, at what point are you know you you got to look at that as what you knew he was joking around he took a joke a little too far and and wrestling so to say you got to have a thick skin i mean well, oh you know, here's the thing too jeff we we look we just saw it a month a lot a month ago month and a half ago with jim Cornette. yep make a joke that ended up getting him fired yep oh yeah yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, well, the thing of it is, too, we're in, Jeff. We're in different times. Like, if this oh, was the eighties yeah. or nineties, two two know, different. Yeah, easily get away with it. Yeah. So I, I think I think he was just um, not really being sensitive to today's today's culture, and um, you know, behind the scenes in the locker room, maybe that's how they joke around. But yeah. when you're on a when you're on a a conference call with the media, that's probably not a good thing to say. No, knowing they are being recorded. Can I give you one little weird fact I learned about Triple H today? What's Triple H is, according to my research, straight edge. That is actually true. He, um, I never heard that. That was actually one of the main reasons why that when he became part of the clique mm -hmm. with X-Pac and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and Sean, because they were all drinkers and partiers and pill poppers. Yeah. Well, you know what, Jeff? I thought he was. I thought he was a party guy. To be honest with you, he, he he never he was. They said at most, if anything, he may sip a glass of wine, like one glass a night, and just kind of have it there to more or less as a prop. In like milky basically he was their babysitter and their and their driver so okay. yeah i wasn't aware of that i thought he was like you know balls to the walls you know party hard drink hard to, at least during the dx days that would have been the case that he would he would be going out and, and having some fun but uh he hey did. you know i read it on the internet it's gotta no, be no. true <laughs> true mike yeah <laughs> No, you it, know, everything that you hear and read on the internet is true. I, so, I, given that fact, and it is a fact, of course, because it's on the net. Yeah. 
So, uh, Jeff, tell me what else is going on in the world of wrestling that you uh, gleaned from the uh, the sources. Man, I would I would really say that that's pretty much been the I mean the big hoopla right now has just been those two big incidents, you know, with Tessa winning the world title, which should not have been overshadowed by what she had done. Unfortunately, it is. Um, I, I I think that you know the uh, you know. <laughs> The other thing is, um, you got Royal Rumble coming up here in two weeks. Right. Um, that's going to be kind of interesting where they go with that because Brock Lesnar is right now entering in that. At number one. And, and where are they going with that? I don't know. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, no. Well, I've got a few things I wanted to say about Rumble. Oh, um, please but before that, you know, there's something, and this is going to tie into some, some old history between me and the ref here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a certain promotion out there known as the National Wrestling Alliance, NWA. Yes, and um, I saw the Rock and Roll Express win the tag team belts. That's insane. For the ninth time. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, back in the day, there were two Rock and Roll Express fans above all others. And that was me and the ref. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, did, uh, did Jeff ever tell you the story? Ricky and Robert stayed in my house for two days. I did no. not tell that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I brought him up from a, for a show we had here for Superstar Billy Graham. It was actually a benefit show. Oh, wow. And they did uh, a full day of signing and photo ops. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, spent the next day at the arena with uh, with more photo ops and signings, and then did the show that night. So I got to hang out with Hoot and uh, and, and and Ricky for for two days, and all they did was drink and smoke. <laughs> I bet. I, I uh, well, we ain't gonna say what Robert may have been smoking. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, I just got to say. Like I, I appreciate on a lot of different levels what the NWA is doing. And um, True. the fact you that they it? would kind of pay homage to one of the legendary tag teams. Uh, maybe it was a gift or whatever you want to call it. But I saw them do the double drop kick. Now, I've yeah. seen them at indie shows uh, in the past five years. They weren't doing the double drop kick. You know, you want me to tell you what's up with that? I actually found this out from okay. Ricky and Robert himself when we brought them in. We, me and my, uh, when we brought them in, we were asking where they're going to do the double drop kick as a finisher. My, you know, promoter wanted to see that. The guys have actually got to be a certain height, otherwise Robert will actually literally drop kick over their head still to this day. Ah, you can get that kind of height. So yeah. If they're, not, if they're like not above like five foot ten or eleven, he can't do it. Oh, wow. Right. Otherwise, he's going to go that's over top of their head. That's absolutely and true, that's, Mike. And, and that's at a standing leap. That man can still do that. Yeah. So, I and he's sixty-one years old. And you got yeah. Ricky at sixty-two doing planches through the rope and doing Canadian destroyers. That is yeah. insane. What's up with that? That's crazy. Because, well, you know what he said. He was like, "If I got the right opponent, I can do it." Yeah. And, and he said, but part mm-hmm. of the thing was, you know, on the Indies. He was like, somebody who may go on the indies may say, I've got five years under my belt. Okay, yeah. how many matches and who all have you faced? Well, you know who he can thank for that, right? Who? His son. 
Yeah, yeah, Kerry definitely has, has uh his son taught him that move. Well, he, yeah. he he's what I mean, and the kids there in his training school. I mean, exactly. Yeah. They, you know, but do you? I was gonna ask Mike. Do you watch the new NWA that comes on YouTube? Yeah, I'm I'm an episode or two behind, but I right. saw them win the belts, and then I've been trying to keep up up on the uh, like updates online. And but I haven't watched the newest, at least one episode. I'm I'm at least one. Behind. You know what I love about the NWA right now. And you're going to laugh when I say this. It's not even the wrestling. It's the aesthetics. It's the look, the visual. Yes. They, they remind me of the old studio. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what, Billy Corgan and his team spared no expense to convert that television studio to, to that old Georgia mm -hmm. uh, TBS studio back in the day. It yeah. looks just like it. I mean, I, how many times did we see interviews right off of the side of the ring, and then they spill right into the ring? Oh, yeah. my God. I, yeah. I mean, back in the day when TBS was the staple for us as young guys growing up and watching, you know, that was literally how you, you saw your storylines progress was on a Saturday night. And and on, on Worldwide and NWA Pro during the after, you know, Saturday afternoons. And then it was, you know, that's what drove you to your house shows and everything else. Yeah. That fans these days don't get a part of because. Right. They got so much filler that they got to use. Oh, my God. Sure. Well, you know, you know, let's not forget. NWA is an hour, right? Right. Yeah. Whereas how many hours of program? I think WWE has like seven hours of programming. Every seven week. hours a week. Yeah. If you actually count NXT, they're at um, nine. Okay. No. Yes. Uh, yeah. Seven. Seven. Sorry. Seven. Yeah, seven. Either way, it's a lot of time to fill up. Sure it is. Right. And 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 you know it sucks because even with nine hours of airtime, you're still only showing a small fraction of your roster. Well, sure. And how much of that time is dedicated to ads and promos? Oh. Oh. Way too much promo time. A lot of wasted airtime. You look at AEW. You know what? If, if Vince McMahon can afford it, God bless him. Well, I was going to say, but you look at even AEW right now who have a roster well-known of almost 40 guys. Right. And out of those 40, we've only seen maybe 15 or 20. Exactly, Jeff. So, Well, exactly. I'll give them a pass because I think they might just be trying to get a few core storylines started and then – after a few months, really start bringing in the, the supporting cast. Well, I you, think you have to remember that NWA is really, really new. Yeah. It's yeah. really old, but really new. Yep. Yeah. Yep. NWA yeah. is old in the fact that they got the name. Yeah. yeah. And they, they want that nostalgic feel, which they got. I mean, with the, the audience, the studio audience, all of that. So, I yeah. mean... You know, they. I'm just waiting to hear Dusty coming in. Listen, here, baby, we're gonna be down the live and look at the Florida at the army. Hard you know, times. Me and Rick and Flair. Hard times. Hard times. Hard times. Well, I won't tell you what, Jeff. We'll get back to uh, talking about wrestling later on in the show. But uh, you brought Mike in again. I, I want to introduce everyone to Mike Kelleher. He is the host oh. of the upcoming PBS program. I'll get to hold on there, ref. <laughs> well, hey, Angelo, I do want to correct you. I'm technically not the host of the show. I'm I am on the show, but the host is Matt Paxton. 
Oh, Matt's the host. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mike's the expert. Okay, so now you're the, the the item expert? Yeah, I'm a stuff expert is what I call it. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, okay. So uh, Mike Kelleher, uh, and the show is uh, Legacy List. With Matt Paxton. With Matt Paxton. And again, Matt Paxton, again, uh, for those of you who didn't hear earlier, is my wife and sister-in-law's favorite television personality because they are addicted to hoarders. And of well, course, Matt was uh, was a member of that show for ages. Yeah. Now you have a connection with Jeff the Ref, so what I'm going to do, Jeff, is I'm going to turn this over to you. Okay. I got you through the hard part, kid. Now uh, <laughs> it's all up to you. Tell me how you and uh, this bona fide television star know each other, because wow. I'm like it's still in shock right now. I, I, uh, me and Mike go back all the way back to uh, my third grade year, his third grade year as well. Um, we weren't in the same class, were we? Yeah, we were. We had Mrs. Fish. Mrs. Fish, okay. Yeah. Oh, and, my um, God. <laughs> and, and don't you love it when you still remember the names of your teachers from the third she grade? She was hot, dude. I'll tell you what. She, she was. She was. <laughs> she was a bombshell for a teacher and, and, she was definitely that 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 hot for teacher, uh, you know, that they wrote. Uh, Van Halen wrote the song about. So, yeah, well, I had Sister Angela Francis. Okay, I went to Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but me and Mike, we we went we, actually where where we met was you were playing rec soccer, rec league soccer. You guys had just, uh, I, I guess, I moved into your house over there in in the area, mm -hmm. and. You had joined up the with the you were on my team, mm. and then you know my mom being a single mom, your mom was a brand new single mom at the time, and um, you know they got to talking me and you had hit it off, and next thing you know is I mean it was like okay, I mean I think it was like every weekend basis up until we were probably in junior high almost we were found at each other's house or you know hanging out you know whether it was. Uh, many, many, many a Saturday, you know, Friday night spent, you know. Now, let me take a guess. You guys were watching wrestling. Of course. Oh. <laughs> it, it, you know, our, our Friday nights consisted of going to the video store, renting a wrestling video, renting a video game, yep. staying up until 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, waking yeah. up that, you know, waking up Saturday morning, watching cartoons, watching wrestling, Probably going to have a match or two, get yelled at by our moms. Yeah. And uh... <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Like, those are those are memories that I definitely have. And, you know, I, you know, I actually made some notes about this because I didn't want to leave anything out. But, um, you know, Jeff and I, like, we we were like Mutt and Jeff. We, we <laughs> hung out, peanut butter and jelly. Yep. Um, you could not have one without the other, and and it was. I'll tell you what. If if the listeners of your show don't learn anything else about the ref, it's that if he is your friend, it doesn't matter what the odds are or who it is that's that's trying to mess with you. Jeff, the ref has got your back, and I mean that. Appreciate and it's that. Not, I mean, there was a story I'm going to share. <laughs> Uh, a little later, but it ties back to the Rock and Roll Express. So anyway, oh, yes. 
Um, so, <laughs> I can't wait to hear that one. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. Well, um, I mean, Jeff and I, like, we didn't live far apart. So um, a lot of times either either we'd get dropped off at the other person's house or, or bike. bikes over yeah. or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I have so many good memories of hanging out with Jeff. Because, like, when we were when we were young, I, I knew of wrestling. I watched wrestling. But when I started hanging out with Jeff, it, it just kind of, like, it took you to a whole nother level. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> we, would have, we would have like hangouts or sleepovers and we would be probably mimicking what was on TV. Mm-hmm. And then whoever lost the match was, uh, was the commentator and had to interview the winner. Yep. And, and I actually remember recording those on cassettes. And oh, um, wow, oh. I could find one, but I think I would love to hear that stuff. Oh. The original, the original. <laughs> the, I, I can I, I can remember us one time. It was um, during the Barry Windham, Ric Flair. They had the 45 minute classic that was on aired on TV. And right. me and Mike had a full on match that whole me and him <laughs> were having a match, watching a match. <laughs> <laughs> It was and awesome. It's funny. That's how we were for a long, long time. And then, um, you know, what what was really cool was whenever there was a pay-per-view, there was, I'd say 90% of the time, him and his mom would get the pay-per-view yep. and Little Caesar's Pizza, and we'd be over there. There'd be some kids there and Jeff's awesome granddad. And we'd all be having fun. If we got a little too loud, Grandpop would. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was great. I mean, so many. Like, I wouldn't have been able to watch those pay-per-views otherwise. And uh, yeah, it was it was like, I, I, as I was reflecting back, getting ready to come on your show, like, that was one of the things that I was like, you know what? I was I was really lucky to have to have had that experience. So, Jeff, Grandpop put the kibosh on you, huh? Oh, yeah. He would... You, you guys think about it. I mean, you had probably anywhere between six to eight or more 12 to 13-year-old boys. Oh, my God. And now. Yeah. And we would, you know, we would get to watching wrestling and hooting and hollering and, and you know, just and all of a sudden, and, and as soon as, I mean, a minute, Grandpa was like, boys, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> rose, sat down, shut up. You could have heard a pin drop. A good half hour, we were quiet. I mean, yeah, did not. I was afraid to get up to go to the bathroom at that point. There, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like when when uh, when Sting won the world title from Ric Flair, we were all I mean throwing pillows in the air and just going nuts. And Grandpa was like, "Boys, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it, so Mike, let me ask you a question: when when Jeff would take you to a live show. Oh. Was he the kind of guy that you had to quiet down so you wouldn't get thrown out? Uh, well, you know, I'll tell you what. There's some early memories I have. I'll tell you, before I get to that, my first memory of going to a live show was at the Scope. All right? The Norfolk Scope. Norfolk Scope. Um, and we saw uh, Dusty Rhodes, Chief Wahoo McDaniel, Magnum oh Day. Um uh, I want to say Ric Flair and and um, our guest I, Thursday, Baby Doll. Yeah, yeah. Probably, oh, yeah. Baby Doll was on the show. All right, that was a that was a killer show. And then, but Jeff and I, 
somehow or another, we convinced our parents to let us just drop us off. To oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what we, how, I mean, that's we're like, 14 or 15. Yeah. So we seemed responsible, right? No. Yeah. I'll tell you what. One time we went to a show at is probably again at the scope, and I think it was War Games um, or some other big, big. It was uh, a big uh, yeah, it was a big event of some sort. Or maybe it was Great American Bat. Anyway, whatever it was. Um, I'll tell you what. Somebody in the crowd was throwing ice at Ric Flair. I don't know if they ever caught that person or not, but they. I mean, it, it's crazy how fans act, and and I just I just hope that that person got some some help somewhere. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, how much of your ice did you empty out of your cup? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I was well. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying just, it was anybody in particular. I'm just saying somebody well, just got a guilty look on his face right now. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there there was. I know of one time me and Mike, we were delivering newspapers at, at the same time. And yeah. um, they used to run contests. And one of the contests that they would run <laughs> when the WCW would come here. Right. If you got a certain number of subscriptions, you were allowed to go to the event for free. And oh, yeah. And, and Mike, Mike just so happened to have a really nice looking paper route manager who yeah. me and him definitely did not mind going along for a ride with the you know, <laughs> it, it, anywhere she needed. We were we were all hands on deck, yeah. and uh, <laughs> so she would take us and drop us off in a neighborhood, and we'd go around and get and we would get our subscriptions for the you know people to sign up for the Virginia Pilot, the the local paper, yeah. and then we'd get our tickets for the wrestling show, and they would allow it. And this is back when WCW. This is right around 93, 94-ish. They yeah. were hurting, hurting for business. So oh, sure. instead of us having to be in the rafters and the nosebleeds, they move us all the way down to the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to fill up the, 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 the bottom. But it wasn't even for TV. I mean, you're talking like a house show that, you know, you talk about kind of sad times was you went from uh, when we would go back in 86, 87, 88-ish, Scope is selling out at ten thousand people. Yeah, and right. At this point, they're they're struggling to put the put maybe a thousand in there. So yeah, um, you know, I, I mean, Mike is Mike went to the one and only NXT show that came to Norfolk. He went with me to that. Yep, yep. Um, he recently, was better paid. Uh, we went. Oscar was there. Yep. Uh, okay. Shinsuke Nakamura. Yep. Uh, I love Nakamura. Uh, Bobby Roode. You know, I liked Nakamura way better in, in New Japan. Yeah. I don't they think sanitized him, Mike. That's the problem. I, I don't think he sells his moves well at all. I think he just like his kicks and stuff, like people say, Oh, his kicks, uh I don't I don't buy it. I think most of his moves look really, really weak. It, yeah, it, they they sanitized him. Well yeah. it's you went from somebody who was told you you got you know thirty minutes plus to do what you want in the ring to you got ten minutes along with the five minute entrance. Yeah. yeah. Now you got to get your shit in. And yeah, well, his entrance used to be nine minutes long. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> He'd have the violins, <laughs> the guitars playing, yeah, fiddle players and guitars. Yeah. There was a friggin' orchestra leading him down to the ring. Well, there that was, was um, 
Who's that female guitarist that um, played as an entrance at one time? Oh, Alita Ford. No, no, no. Uh, Alita Ford. Alita Ford? No, it's a new, newer female so wait, guitarist. Is that, is that the, the, the girl that's with Mick Foley now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what the hell is her name? Um, shit. <laughs> I thought Mike may remember that one. Is it the is it the woman? Is she in a band? Yeah, yes. No, she's she a single. She's a, a one woman. She's more likely to afford. No, she she plays in a band though, Jeff. Is it Hailstorm? No, 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 no. No, not Hailstorm. Yeah, I Liz don't know who something. it is. Is it Liz? She plays in a well-known band too, and I and I can't remember the you know band, what? and I can't remember her name. Anyway, she's really good. She, she she's is. a type very talented. Um, well. Go ahead, Mike. No, no, no. I'm just going to say, like, if you ever get the opportunity to go to a live event with the ref, you will get a different perspective than you ever could have imagined. <laughs> Take bail money with me? Yeah. It, it's more life-altering than a 10-day trip to Europe as uh, a <laughs> college basketball uh, commentator uh, is known to say. Yeah, they... Uh... I, 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 I enjoy my wrestling, and I, I mean, as a kid, as a young man, I mean, me and Mike, we definitely had some good times. Now, Mike, do you remember this? It was a Royal Rumble. It may have been, it may have been the year that Flair won it, but I'm not sure. Anyway, we had a good group of us around, and mm -hmm. uh, it, it, definitely the testosterone was flowing because the next thing you know is we were in a full-on Royal Rumble outside of my front yard. <laughs> with the big fence and I mean to the point where my mom was like oh my gosh you know thinking like there was a riot gonna break out in her front yard I mean because we were all just going at it I mean just <laughs> you know I, I don't remember who was there but I vaguely remember something like that happening and it's not surprising at all so no, it was uh, those, those were just I mean my what my mom put up with as, <laughs> for me, as, a, as a young man and a wrestling fan is insane I Mama mean, Ref is a saint. <laughs> exactly. So, Mike, let's talk about how you got involved uh, in this television project. Have yes. you ever done television before? No, I've never been on TV before. Um, but uh, it's kind of a, it, it's a bittersweet story. Um, I was in the insurance industry for years. And okay. um, I sold insurance and then I moved into underwriting and then um, the company I was working for was relocating our department and a bunch of other people's job functions to Ohio. Okay. And I said, I'm not moving to Ohio. Sorry. Um, yeah. So the, the last day I was in the office, I, uh, I found out either that day or the next day that my aunt had passed away in Charlotte, North Carolina. Got it. So I was making arrangements to go to Charlotte to, to go to her funeral. My mom lived in Virginia Beach, and she was making arrangements to head down there, too. Well, long story short, I uh, saw my mom at the funeral for my aunt. And then my mom, who had real bad rheumatoid arthritis, she ended up falling that weekend. And then uh, about three, four days later, she passed away. Yeah. And All of my condolences. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I promise this story isn't a downer, but it's, it, was, it was very, very tough. So I spent the next eight months, six days a week, two hours from my home in Richmond, 
um, basically going through the house, finding the things that were important to me and my sister, uh, mm-hmm. cleaning, sorting, packing, fixing, dealing with contractors, doing everything that needed to happen right. in order to get that house ready for sale. Right. So um, I came back to Richmond after that, and then all of the jobs that I was qualified for had already been claimed by my teammates who who had had a eight-month head start on me. <laughs> so sure. I really wasn't having much luck finding work. And right. uh, I was at a New Year's Eve party and ran into Matt Paxton. And um, he was talking to my wife and um, remind me, Angela, we're going to talk about my wife because I think you and her have uh, have a few things in common. But um, okay. Uh, so she was talking, he was talking to my wife and he was saying, yeah, I just started this company where, uh, we're helping people settle estates and downsize and do all this other stuff. And she just kept saying, you should talk to Mike. He just went through this with his mom. And then he goes, yeah, but I need somebody that can sell. And she goes, you need to talk to Mike. I need somebody that's good with people. You need to talk to Mike. So finally I got in front of Matt, got a job, worked with him for a few years Right. Uh, we were doing everything from hoarding cleanouts to estate settlement to uh, just simple downsizing, decluttering, and, and moving. Right. So um, a year ago, a year and five days ago, give or take, I was actually laid off by that company. But okay. The crazy thing is, about two months before, or actually a month before I was laid off, we filmed a pilot for a TV show based on some of the families that we met. And it's all about telling the story of the family through the items we find in their home. I so, love it. It's, it's great. But we all we had was a concept. And so we filmed this pilot, and we didn't know if anything was going to happen with it. But we did it. We did a really good job. And um, so we were shopping it around. I got laid off. And then, really, that's the only thing that, that I think uh, saved me was the fact that sure. I was a pilot. Because they could right. not go back and recreate that house that we've already emptied. Yeah. Um, the lady's already moved out of. Yeah. No it sounds like it, it It really sounds like uh, more than just fate was on your side. It sounds like you were divinely directed <laughs> because the pilot found you. You didn't have to really go looking for it. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because... I've been buying, selling, and trading collectibles for over 30 years. Now, Mike, do you consider yourself an appraiser, uh, an evaluator? How would you define what you do? That's a great question. I mean, I'm not a certified appraiser, but I'm somebody who sees the trends in the market, who sees a lot of the items that are out there and really has a feel for, for what they're worth. And right. so um, I never I never advertise myself as an appraiser, but I'm somebody who can walk into your house and I'll find $100 worth of stuff that you didn't even realize you had just in your kitchen. Mm-hmm, so yeah. it's one of these things, like finding the things that people don't realize have value. Or maybe and that's what always surprises me, Mike, about what people throw away. You know, and, they, <laughs> and it's true what they say about, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Oh, absolutely. I remember watching years ago mm-hmm. on an episode of Antique Roadshow where a guy found a three-legged table on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So he picked it up. He cleaned it off. He didn't do any restoration. He just cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. And took it to the road show. 
Come to find out it was a Louis XIV side table <laughs> that was valued at $540,000. And those On stores, the side of the road. Think about that. On the side of the road. I got a question for you, Mike. Yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. What would you say right now is probably like some of the hottest trending items out there if people may have them in their house to kind of look for? I mean, it, you know, I know like 80s nostalgic is big with kids our age and a little yeah. bit older. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Jeff, I, w I would say actually I'm going to answer your question and then I'm going to flip it. So okay. uh, some of the hottest things right now are mid-century furniture and uh, decoration. Okay. So furniture from the 40s, 50s, 60s, all of that stuff, it has that certain look to it. It's really hot. Yeah. Um, aside from that, vinyl records are huge right now. I mean, just where I live alone, there's, I think, 11 record shops. Holy where, cow. Wow. Yeah. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, there, there might have been two or three. I'm going to blow your mind, Mike. Yeah, I have an extensive collection of vinyl, and I have a full, complete set of Elvis Presley albums, two of them signed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, man, that's all them, awesome. I'm going to come over, and we're going to listen to some records. <laughs> got to go to oh. Jersey. Oh, sweet. You got to come to New Jersey. All right, well, I'll do that. Well, um, now, Jeff, you got some money because I'll take you to the casino. <laughs> Let's go. I, go ahead, Mike. I, you asked about things that were hot today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, I'm going to flip that. Things that were hot a decade or two ago that definitely are not hot today, <sighs> brown furniture. So your, your mother's and your grandmother's china cabinets and dining room tables and uh, <laughs> huh which yep it's very <laughs> hard to sell those um yeah. i had a house that i helped basically liquidate the the contents of and there were seven china cabinets mm. and by the end of it like i sold one china cabinet for five bucks and i was happy to get five bucks i will absolutely attest to that my my mother has a china cabinet in her uh, sewing room that I had on both eBay, Craigslist, and some uh, some other Angie's list or some some other list. Mm -hmm. It sat there for eight months without ever being looked at. Yeah, at a hundred dollars. It's so and, and and now she's using it for storage. Yeah, that's what people yeah. use them for you these days. You can't get rid of stuff like that. I'm sorry? You can't get rid of stuff like that. There's no yeah. market for it. Well, and the, the thing that people don't realize, they'll say, oh, well, we'll just donate it. Well, go ahead and drop it off at the Salvation Army or the Goodwill and see if they accept it. They yeah. ain't going to take it because it takes no. up too much real estate in the in the store. Exactly. So a lot exactly. of that stuff is just ending up straight in the landfill. Okay. I, I got a couple of mystery packages here. <laughs> Oh yes. Now let me let me set this up, Jeff. Let me set this up for, for people that are listening and those watching on YouTube. Okay. A few days ago, Mike Kelleher sent sealed packages to the home of Jeff the Ref Robinson. He's given an explicit okay, instructions not to open them 
until he did it on the air, on the show. So, we are on the air. Jeff, you have the floor. I hope you have a knife or something to open that box with. <laughs> I, I do. Now, which what, what do I need to open first? Either or? or? It doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. For those uh, listening on our media platforms, there's a flat brown box and a large white box. Okay. We're going to open the white box. box here. Uh, All right. Opening the white box first. And yes. in it. Oh, man. <laughs> macho man randy savage oh my god a macho and savage dog uh figure robe. Ooh, yeah. complete with the sequence awesome. yeah there Never it is opened. but uh that's beautiful that looks like it's in mint condition it, it is mint and oh, wow. this thing is gorgeous all that right. is Thank you, Mike. You're Thank welcome. You so much. You're welcome. That. I, I, that is, wow. That is awesome. <laughs> well, for those of you that don't know, <clears throat> and I hope I'm not like telling your business, Jeff used to have like a ridiculous wrestling memorabilia collection that got. Not telling my business. Heard. <laughs> um, so hopefully this is something. That, often. Hopefully this is something that. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? You got Hang on, I, I might show that, or I might not show that one on the air. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, hang on. I'm getting into this in nature. Um, it is a picture that that may or may not incriminate the ref. <laughs> Here we go. Go ahead. Let's. Can you see it? Can you make it out? Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> that is... What, what is that a sling in your arm is in? No, I, 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 no, I'm in a dress, and that is Mike holding up a, a skull of some sort in a pot. I, okay, uh, so, I see that. Lunch lady. With and like Jeff the ref wearing a skirt. You know what? You're a very attractive older woman, Jeff. Thank you. I, uh, what that was, was that was for a, uh, Halloween party. Like my pedal. It was a Halloween party that we went to that a friend of ours was having. And Who was that party? Jennifer, uh, okay. Stan. Okay. Gordon's. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Rest in peace. And, uh, and now we're getting into the. Jeff, do you own any vodka? Oh my gosh. Holy hell. Do you own any records, Jeff? I do not. Well, good. I'm glad this is your first. Oh, the wrestling album. Where the hell did you find that? I, I've got, I dig and dig and dig and dig. That, Mike, if I could give you a hug right now, I would. So, on the air hug there. But, For uh, those of you who, who cannot see this on YouTube, Jeff is the original wrestling album or the the original wrestling album that they put out called the wrestling album, the very first. That and that's the one with Land of a Thousand Dances on it. Yes. And so on. Um, oh, man. And you remember, uh, like, that's on be priceless right now. Huh? That has to be priceless right now. Oh, oh probably. To me it is. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
I remember Saturday mornings seeing them play some of those songs. Yes. And it was just it was just a lot of fun. So I saw that and I said, you know what? One day this is going to Jeff the ref. And uh there you go, buddy. You 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 oh my gosh. That yeah, that's pretty amazing stuff, brother. That that was uh yeah, not to mention the the picture fine there. That's <laughs> oh my goodness. He has a Hogan pillow buddy. Yes. What are you gonna do, brother? That is one of the original uh That's a wrestling buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. A Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy. Yeah, I don't support yeah. Hulk Hogan anymore, but this guy, this is classic. And uh you know what, Mike? You can still find them, but not like that. There it's a different design and they're smaller. And and well, that's the original right there. That's, that's the original yeah, for sure. Oh, I recognize that. Yeah, I'll stand him up here. So. There, uh, now, now Mike also and has wearing the belt in that one. You have the Ultimate Warrior uh, merch. I do not have. I'm not asking. Uh, you, you I do say have it. knee pads. You have what? I I want to say I have knee pads that were the Warriors' uh, knee pads. Yeah, they, and you you got them, and they actually have the letter from his wife saying oh, yeah. about Dana Warrior. Yep. Yep. So sure do. Um, I'll tell you my connection to Macho Man Savage. Oh yeah, let's hear it. My ex-wife used to make his glasses. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. All the sunglasses he came to the ring with. Yeah, that's crazy. That is, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about wrestling. I don't know. If, I mean, it still happens on some level today, I'm sure, but like I think a lot more of it is handled in house. It than is. It was so like back in the day. Like the lady that was making Ric Flair's robes, or um, you know, really? like they were just a seamstress, and yeah. whatever it was that they did, they were just okay. Yeah, they were just taking another order, and then all of a sudden, this person blows up, and yeah. there you go. It was um, Olivia Walker's who made the majority of Ric Flair's robes in the eighties and and into early nineties, and that was. The wrestler, um, Mr. Wrestling 2's wife. Um, oh, I didn't or, know that. Yeah, no. Yeah, Johnny Walker's wife. And um, and and uh, she made his. She made Greg Valentine. She made Paul Orndorff. They all kind of got that same velvety, right. heavy feel in the sequences and, yeah. and yeah. all that. Now, keep in mind, Flair would pay her upwards of ten to $12,000 per robe. Ugh. Yeah, and that's in like 1980s or 90s money. Yeah, and yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, but those uh, robes now are, I think one of them actually sold for 60 grand. He, uh, I got a, I got a friend of mine who bought one from, um, who bought one from Conrad Thompson, um, and and, and it was a, a Ric Flair Olivia Walker, and it's valued at anywhere between 30 to 40 grand. I mean, wow. Now, here, yeah. Here's a question. Here you go, Mike. Here's a question for you. Oh. Kind of in your 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 realm of work. Yeah. How do you put a price on an item that doesn't really have a market out there? I like wrestling memorabilia. Good question. Very good. I'm proud of you, Jeff. <laughs> well, believe it or not, I mean, like sports memorabilia. Whether you consider wrestling a sport or not, it's I you know I think it is and yeah. uh, sports entertainment if nothing else. Um, 
I think there's enough memorabilia out there that you can find comparables. And if you can't find one in the world of wrestling, you look at boxing or other sports to try and figure out, okay, this is game-used jersey from LeBron James. Yeah. Or this is uh, ring-worn tights by so-and-so wrestler. So, <clears throat> like that, You would love to find something in the same um, spectrum. Same spectrum. Yeah, and evaluate, but sometimes you have to go outside and just just kind of look for um, any comparables that you can, and then just kind of use use the condition, use the yeah. movie, if it was used in an important event, um, like all of those things. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because my wife and I just came back from Atlantic City. We went to a a car and cycle shop. Okay, and there was a great deal of biker memorabilia there. Mm-hmm. Uh, an old uh, an old car memorabilia, and hundred dollar bills were being passed around like they were water. Sure, sure. Um, that's a, a niche market. Do you find that the niche market items, such as automobile memorabilia, wrestling memorabilia, which is certainly a niche market, are, do they maintain the same value market wise? As other items, or they, do they fall within a particular category? Well, you know, if, if it, it's hard to compare them to like automobile-related items because most people in America have a car, and even if you don't have a car, or maybe you just have a regular daily driver, you still see movies with with the fast cars or the special cars and things like that. They build the folklore right. of, the, of the cars. Um, and then there's shows on TV about picking for for automobiles and motorcycles and all that right. kind of stuff. Sure. So um, I would say that being in a, if you want to call it a niche market for wrestling memorabilia, um, I think it's it's like a little island, but it's a healthy island because the people that are into wrestling, like once you get past a certain certain level, it, it's not just a casual. Fans. No, they spend some money. Yeah. yeah. They really oh, do. Yeah, they do. And, and I, like, when I go to some of these indie shows, there's the people that are performing, and they will have their tables set up, and they're selling their merch. Yeah. So I bet if there was a vendor who set up a table of classic wrestling merch, they could sell it, I mean, like that. Old shirts, yeah. old uh, jackets, any of that stuff. Well, sure. I, you know, we we got well. One of our one of our guys, our local wrestlers, he'll bring a, a stack of magazines, old magazines, mm-hmm. two to three dollars a piece, and yeah. by the end of the night, he's already sold uh, you know all twenty of them or whatever, just from people who just. I mean, it's it, it's it's a good thing that a lot of people like to flash back to those happier times and remember, you sure. know, or you may find that magazine or that item or you know. I mean, I guess what I find kind of crazy is like I watch American Pickers a lot. Yeah. And um great show. Love that show. Great show. And you know, like and, and, you know, he'll find like an old Indian motorcycle part and he'll be like, and it, and all it is is just a part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, Oh, that's a four hundred dollar piece right there. Yeah. Are you serious? Crazy. I mean, like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> He's he spent like thirty uh, on the show at least. He spent like thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars on. No, a- I know. No, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying like certain things. Like he'll he'll like 
Harley parts, you know, I guess that's what I, I mean, you know, I think that to me, it's all a matter of what's in the eye of the beholder. You know, you, 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 me and myself, if I had the right wrestling item placed in front of me and I had an unlimited budget, you're damn right. I'm going to spend the money. Yeah. Well, we have a, we have a place here in New Jersey called uh, Jersey John's and uh, the pickers are there frequently because Jersey John is one of the few guys who has the world's largest collection of Indian motorcycles, as a matter of fact. Oh, wow. And it's nothing for the pickers to, to drop a hundred grand there. Wow. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, Mike. Yeah. You, you, so you get this program, you, you meet Matt Paxson, you make the pitch, you click with him. So you have a pilot already. How long did it take from pilot to pick up? Well, it took, um, let's say we shot the pilot in, let's say, November of 2018. And then we got the go-ahead from uh, the production company to go ahead and film five more episodes, probably in, I want to say, April, May. Okay. And then it's June. We we hit the ground running. We had to we had to find all these families. Okay. And, uh, scout them out. Make sure that they were a good fit for the show. That was actually going to be one of my questions. Did you search them, or did they come to you? Um, we we had to find them, and and it was using our network of of uh, partners, and we we just basically put the word out. Like, do you know anybody who's downsizing? Do you know anybody that's um dealing with an estate or something like that and, and right. crazy one family the uh I, I don't know if it was matt or somebody else but somebody was pitching the show to a, a tv exec and somebody was sitting at the table next to them in the restaurant and heard about what we did and oh. they were like oh you need to come to uh to my family's house we need you they didn't wow. actually end up being on the show but I still helped them outside of the show, and it was terrific. Huh? Terrific. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. And you know, I'll just say this. You know, I love all, all the different shows. Antiques Roadshow, um, which uh, in Richmond we're going to be shown at nine p.m., which is right after Antiques Roadshow on Monday, uh, January twentieth. Um, but right. I love Antiques Roadshow. I love uh, American Pickers. Like all those shows are great, and there's some other ones out there too. But um, the thing I want to say is, our show is about telling the story of the family. Yeah, you know? give everybody the uh, the layout of the show, the concept, the rundown, um, and we're going to, of course, plug the air date, which is um, January twentieth. That's uh, next Monday. Airs on PBS nationwide. So the, the basic uh, the basic layout. What separates you different, or differently, I should say, proper English, uh, from let's say a road show? Yeah. Well, um, Antiques Roadshow, they'll have thirty or or more people bring their items and get featured on the show. So they, right. everybody gets a minute or two minutes. We have one family, and we have them for. 52 minutes. The entire show is one family. One right. family. And the, the deal is we start off and, you know, you may be asking yourself, Mike, why is it called Legacy List with Matt Paxton? So 
the, the whole deal is the family is going through some sort of transition and right. we're, uh, we're helping them get from A to B and get all of this work done, usually in some sort of time crunch because okay. um, that's just the way it goes. But uh, sure. the, the legacy list portion of the title comes from a list that we make with the client so we can identify the items that are really important to them. Okay. So see um, this painting that's on the wall or my Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy. Um, right. They may want more information about the item. Or, or something to do with that. We have to make sure we take special care of it. And then there's gonna be other things like, hey, we can't find grandma's wedding ring or something else. And we've okay. got to search through everything in the house and try and find it for them. Wow. And in doing that, I'm sure you develop relationships with people that extends beyond the realm of the show. Do people ever contact you off air and say, oh, by the way, um, I found this or uh, uh, we came across, uh, uh, you know, Aunt Tessie's diamond ring. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, um, we finished filming just, uh, I want to say in September or October. So um, I've, I've stayed in touch with some of the families for sure. And I'm sure more of them uh, we'll, we'll be reaching out and saying exactly what you're talking about. Hey, what about this? What about that? It's going to happen. And, uh, but the main thing is we definitely develop the relationships. We, a lot of times they want to adopt us into their family. They feel like we're, <laughs> we're really trying to preserve their family's history. Yeah. And, and this is the biggest thing that, that is a generational shift. Yeah. That's kind of where I was going with, uh, the question about developing relationships with people. You know, you're spending, you know, we'll see an hour on television, but to get that hour, <laughs> you spend three, four, five days with these people. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can't spend, you know, a week with somebody and, and not know something intimate about them or, or maybe even a quirk or uh, is, is something that put them in that position to where they have to either downsize or uh, change uh, in some cases uh, changing their lifestyle yeah. to a less extravagant one. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, to your point earlier, a lot of people don't know what they have. Yeah. So if people don't know what they have, then how do you? Well, I, like I said, I've been buying, selling and trading collectibles and other things for the past 30 years. So is it kind of just a feel you get? Yeah, like it's funny. I um, there was there was a uh, a house that we were in in New Jersey because we go all. It's not just filmed in Virginia. We go up and down the East Coast, and um, sure. we uh, we're at New Jersey. Anybody I know? <laughs> yeah, it was um, I, I can't remember what city it was in. It's a little small, little sleepy town. Um, I'll get you the name, but it, it was basically uh, it was about. I can tell you this much. It was about um, about an hour from White Plains, New York. Um, so it wasn't far from New York proper. Okay. Um, yeah. Because White Plains is an hour out of New York. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know so, that because my relatives are up there. But, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, Yo, I know where White Plains is for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this this family in Jersey, they... Um, <clears throat> You know, we're, we're looking through their garage and on their legacy list, they had, 
you know, their items. I'm not going to spoil it, but they had their items. Of course, sure. And then out of the corner of my eye, I see a box of records. And, you know, how very appropriate. You know, Jeff got a record today. But um, I saw uh, Blue Note. And um, if anybody knows anything about jazz records, Blue Note. Absolutely. Mirror labels. I'd say yes, sir. You know, like, they were like, oh, those old things? I'm like, yeah, those old things. We're going to go get mm-hmm. them checked out. And so oh, yeah. um, it's, it's just this feeling you get. Like sometimes, um, like she had, a, she had a pot. I don't know if it's in the show or not, but um, it was a pot from probably the 60s, uh, Catherine Ohm, and it, it's mid-century modern. It's beautiful. Uh, and, and I'm telling her, this is money right here. And, and I go, what would you do with this? She goes, oh, we were probably just going to throw it away or donate it. And I said, oh, my God. Throw away 25 bucks, 50 bucks. I mean, right. it's up to you. Um, but the, um, the thing I wanted to circle back to real quick was, uh, you know, we were talking a minute ago about relationships and everything else. And, and uh, you'd asked something about um, um, valuing. Yeah things and and right uh, oh so the, the the thing about valuing things there's a monetary value there's sentimental value yep and yeah we we're talking about the generational shift and you know the big thing that i think happened was this little square box i think i've got one right here ah oh yeah the ipod yes so this guy right here basically killed several generations afterwards as far as wanting stuff they want everything to fit in here (laughs) yeah so seriously families histories are being thrown away because nobody wants the stuff right yeah that's a real mission of ours on the show is to get the history preserved even if they don't want the stuff that's fine but let's make sure if you don't want it if it can make you money, let's let's do something good make with it. It can be donated. It may want yeah. it. And appreciate the history of it. I yes. want my wife and sister-in-law to hear that because we have a pile getting ready to go to the Goodwill. Yeah, well, send me some photos. <laughs> I don't think got any gold in there. <laughs> I, I, I got a question, Mike. Uh, you were talking albums really quick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go back to the very first concert that me and you ever went to together and that was Guns N' Roses and Skid Row. Yep. Do you happen to have Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction on vinyl? Oh, yeah. Sure. I figured you would. <laughs> I want to ask people watching this on YouTube to bear with me one moment. Go ahead. Continue, Jeff. Oh, okay. Um, no, no. I, I mean, I just, I remember that concert that me and you went to. That was the very first one. We were there at the Hampton Coliseum crazy crazy night do you remember you i almost remember? got i got trampled yeah I was, like i thought i was gonna die i well me and you we went in we went in together not knowing i mean we no, were all I, what 14 15 years old if that if that. we were with my sister and her friends and we went there to this concert where they had stadium seating where we didn't know what that meant we're down there on the floor yeah get row hits Lights go down, and all of a sudden, a big mosh pit breaks out. And well, me and Mike you know, are many, I don't know how many people the, the Coliseum held, but every single person wanted to be in the front row, and yep. we were standing in the way. So, And, and, and our little bodies were getting trampled, and we, we ended up getting split apart. It yep. was just – it was 
a crazy, crazy night, but a lot of fun, too, all at the same okay. time. Okay, I'm back. I want to tell you how much my in-laws love me. Watch this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Revolver. That's the Beatles revolver. Watch this stuff. Uh-oh. It's on the original Parlophone label. Yeah, very cool. Isn't that nice? Great record. I mean, hopefully it's in good shape. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's mint. <laughs> that is awesome. What would something like that fetch? It's not for sale, by the way, but... Well, here's the thing about Beatles records. They, like, I don't know if you remember this, but you could, you could whether it was Columbia House or um, any of the other services, you, you could buy Beatles records... You can buy them today, brand new. Yeah. Of the old pressing, like new pressings of the old records. And so there are hundreds, if not thousands of different versions of each of those records. Yeah. So yeah. it's weird. One little number etched different in the runout groove or on the label yeah. makes a huge difference. Sure. Now, if you had the, um, the Butcher Baby cover of yesterday. Oh, man. You that's know, a rarity. That's a that's oh, a super rarity. Yeah, I mean, if you have one of those, you're talking, you know, good money. Oh, big yeah. time, sure. Yeah, that was such a limited pressing when they realized the backlash. They oh, stopped yeah. all the pressings and redesigned the cover. Did you know about that, Jeff? Uh, no, go ahead. Yeah, so they the Beatles they were at a point in their career where they were just like, you know, we're going to do what we want, and the cover of the record was. Uh, the original cover was the Beatles sitting and they were holding baby dolls and yes. butchered meat. Okay. Okay. And they thought that would be a great idea. Yesterday and today. Yeah, yesterday and today. So they were holding, you know, baby dolls and butchered meat and it hit the shelves maybe for like 10 minutes. And then the store started saying, no way, send it yeah. back. And so it was recalled. So and what they did. The label, instead of repressing, reprinting covers, they just glued on a new picture on top right, of it. Right over top of it. What? So, yeah. So there's yeah, a way true. to tell true. if you've got one of those original covers by looking, because sometimes you can see, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's Ringo's sweater, but there's something like, like his tie or a sweater on the certain part of the record, and you'll know really conclusively that you've got one of those. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. that's crazy. That's a super rare, valuable find. Yeah. So the show hits the air Monday night, January twentieth. What time is it? Eight o'clock, nine o'clock? Uh, well, it's it's actually showing in other parts of the country right now, but in Richmond, Virginia, it's show, it's premiering um, this coming Monday at nine p.m. And okay. um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's. Crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. So what kind of early feedback are you getting? Uh, people seem to like the show. Uh... Yeah, man. We we had a uh, event this past Saturday at a historic movie theater here in Richmond. It's called The Bird. And okay. we um, we didn't know how any, if anybody would show up, really. But um, we we packed that place. I was going to say, it looked like y'all had a bird of stuff. But... Uh, it, you know, I'm sitting there in the crowd watching it for the first time, just like everybody else. Now, I was there, 
Okay. <laughs> I'm still tearing up and like, you know, I'm a total mark. Like, come on, I'm there. <laughs> and, uh, I'm watching myself or in the, the other team members, Matt, Jamie and Avi and the family. Um, and there's these history pods that pop up and these look backs that really, yeah. they, they go into a deeper dive into the history behind what we're talking about. Right. But, um, I swear, man, like it was, it was an emotional roller coaster for everybody that was there. And it's oh, all no doubt. I'm sure it was. I'm well, sure. I'll tell you what, we, uh, we wish you the best with the show. You are welcome on this podcast anytime to discuss anything you wish. Uh, in re including wrestling, if you if you feel like. <laughs> well, you guys, know. you know what, guys, I, I, I give you a lot of credit. Um, you know, I I, uh, I would love to come back because I would I would love to talk to you, Angelo, about my wife, Co. Um, she definitely uh, is I'll a medium. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll, uh, let's do this, Jeff. Why, why don't we do this, Jeff? Yeah. Why don't we make this this show an extended edition? So we'll. We won't sign off. We'll, we'll continue a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Are you okay with that, Mike? You got the yeah. time to do that? I'm good. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been with my wife for uh, 17 years now, basically. And uh, 16 years, we, we, um, we've been married you know, the vast majority of those years. And um, uh, long and short of it is, over the past, I don't know, five to seven years she's really been developing um her her gifts and so um now i will say that um she comes from a different culture she was she was mm -hmm. born in south korea and um in their culture there's a lot of um acceptance for shamanism and oh and absolutely you know viewpoints and it's a very spiritually based culture for those people that are unfamiliar with the, the Korean lifestyle, everything is based around spirit. Yeah. It's very important. It's, it's spirit is tantamount to them. What, uh, what breakfast is to us. It's part of their, their daily routine. So the long and short of it is she has, uh, it's, it's been a really interesting thing to observe from my perspective but um, you know, she has she has had conversations with my mom after she passed, mm -hmm. and um, all of these like she gets these feelings and and intuitions about certain things. Right. She, she works with people to help them. Um, like they say, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. Right. And she helps get their energy all moving in that direction and and help them. Uh, realize their dreams and and uh, goals through that right but, um, well know. that's why i said to you earlier you know that you didn't find the pilot the pilot found you yeah it, you, were, you were really I, I really feel like you were uh divinely inspired for it you know, uh, the other thing when you mentioned your wife's gifts would your wife mind you talking about her particular gifts no i don't i don't believe she'd have a problem with it Okay, so what what does she practice? What is her forte? Um, a lot of energy work. And okay, then, um, you know, like she um, does she do Reiki healing? Uh, I believe she does. Okay, 
a little bit, um, but she doesn't do much of it if she does. Um, she, um, I'll tell you a couple of stories that okay. might help illustrate what she did. Like I said, she, oh, okay. she, did, she had conversations with my mom after oh, my she? mom passed, and uh, the things she would say, there's no way that, that she would have known otherwise. And we call that mediumship. Yes, yes, absolutely. And she was getting to the point where spirits of her friends who had spirits of friends or family members of friends that had passed were coming to her and she would have right. to say uh, she had a technique for saying i'm shut i'm clocked out right now i'm shut off yeah you have to you're gonna have to come back another time and we'll talk about this and uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that mike i'm gonna stop you there for a second because it, it, it people have asked me over the years how do you turn it off? Can you turn it off? It took me years to learn how to turn it off. Wow. I mean, I would literally be woken up in the middle of the night and have to call somebody about something. I had that happen all that she would tell me all of these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important that she that she give herself that time, that space. Oh, she's not afraid to. Uh... <laughs> No, you have to be bold because I will tell you, you know, spirit is persistent. Yeah. It, no, it really is. No, I, I believe me. I see it. I mean, she was. Imagine this. Like you got, you know, when, when spirit knows, I, I, I liken it to the ice cream man. Okay. Okay. And I'll explain why. When the ice cream man comes down the street. Yeah. You have one kid runs to the truck. Well, the truck's going to stay there until everybody else runs to the truck. Yeah. yeah. That's how spirit is. If it knows that you're communicating, mm -hmm. it's like, hey, guys, he can see us. He can hear us. <laughs> this we got one. Exactly. Exactly. A very good way to put it. We got one. You know? <laughs> you know, it's pretty, it's absolutely amazing. So I'll tell you another story. And this one's very recent. So. Um, my wife has been going to Korea to study with a shaman, um, and she went this past year for about a month. Mm -hmm. And uh, that whole time wasn't spent with the shaman, but she she has been working with the shaman off and on for for quite a while. Right. So um, she she was planned. Let's say she was scheduled to to leave America to go to Korea on October seventeenth. That's not really the date, but I'm just saying. Right. Sure. All right. So October seventeenth. She got a she got a message saying that she needed to be at her uncle's gravesite on the seventeenth mm -hmm. because there was going to be a celebration, right? And she was like, "Well, that's really weird." And then I think she had known outside of this that her uncle was a uh, a hero for democracy, and that that led to his mm -hmm. death back in the day. But yeah. now he's treated as a hero, and he, he's basically buried in kind of like the Arlington Cemetery of South Korea. Um, right. So it turns out that that she was she was going along with it, and she changed her date from leaving from the seventeenth to like the fifteenth, mm -hmm. whatever. Terrific. Um, so she goes there, and she was I think she was told she needed to be there at like nine o'clock in the morning. Right. And uh, so she gets there, she's waiting around, and there's no sign of anybody. And you think if there's going to be a celebration, right. there's probably got to be some people there. Yeah. Well, she says, I'm going to wait for half an hour and see what happens. 
28 minutes later, she's getting ready to leave. Right. Her cousin, who she hadn't seen in over 20 years, had no way to contact, Yeah. walks up. And they instantly recognized each other. And they spent a few days together. Mm, that's so, beautiful. It's insane. I, I love stories like that. Yeah, you couldn't, like, the odds, there's no way the odds could work out that way otherwise. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's a, a amazing story. Now, I tell people that you'll never have to worry about looking for spirit. It'll find you. Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, Angela, I... Uh, spirit is like water that seeks its own level. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I've had some things happen in my life where I, I thought, you know, maybe I have some sort of psychic gift or something. Um, when I was... Uh, for you, brother. Huh? What you do? We all have a psychic gift. You can call it intuition. You can call it gut instinct. I don't care what name you give it. We're all connected on this ethereal level. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's to the whatever degree you are willing to spend the time and the energy devoted to it, developing it as to what connection you make. Your wife has clearly dedicated a considerable amount of time and energy to it, and she's seeing the benefits and reaping the rewards of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, and I'll tell anybody if, and Jeff knows this. Because he's seen it for himself and for friends of his. If I do my job right, you'll only need me one time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, um, I've had dreams. Like people died, and then I woke up the next day and found out somebody had passed away in the night. Um, I've had dreams where I'm out hunting for things like records or yeah. CDs. And, and like I have in my mind, like some random band that I may not have even listened to recently, but I, I would be like, for some reason it's coming into my head. That, guys. And then I find it amongst thousands of CDs or thousands of records. Right. And then, um, you know, I uh, actually had a dream that we got picked up for season two of the show. Yeah, I, I can see that happening. Well, I, I certainly hope so. Um, but I, I have a dream. I'm, I'm waiting to see if that one comes true. But I, I think it it was a strong dream. I'll just say that. I, I think that uh, there's validation to that. And I will, I'll validate it for you. I could easily see a season two. I had a friend of mine that does a ghost hunting show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it's his first time out. And he said, called me and said, what do you think? Is, is there going to be a season three? Will they cancel us after two or we'll be there at three? I said, there's going to be a three and a four and a five. Plan on doing at least eight seasons. Wow. Sure enough, eight seasons later. There you go. That is awesome. You know, I'll, I'll share a personal story. Yeah. With you, since since you were kind enough to share a personal story with me, yeah, I spoke to my sister two days before she passed. Actually, a day and a half before she passed. Okay, 
I rarely record my phone calls. But for some reason, spirit told me to record that call. I knew that would be the last time I talked to her. Oh, man. And when my wife woke me up that Friday morning, August the 3rd, 2018, and said my sister had passed, it didn't come as a surprise to me. But what happened was an overwhelming sense of peace came on me. Because I knew she didn't have to live in the situation she was living in. She was a double amputee in a loveless marriage with a a man that was, to say, to be kind, he was an asshole. Wow. Okay? And it took my parents up until this year for my words to resonate with them. Okay. Okay. And it's still hers, of course, it's their daughter, but she was my sister. Yeah. But I know that the family now has an angel watching over us. My father, who should have been three or four times dead already, is an ornery bastard who keeps on kicking (laughs) because he's got my sister that's a fighter watching over him. There you go. And I believe that. And... Does it hurt that I can't see her physically? Yes. But I close my eyes and I see her and I hear her laugh and I hear her voice. So those people who experience physical loss, Mm -hmm. I tell them this. And it's as simple as it gets. The body is human. It's meant to die. When the body falls, the spirit rises. And we're all connected on a spirit level. That's why, how many times, Mike, has this happened to you? Mm-hmm. You're sitting watching TV, and you have this feeling there's going to be a knock at the door, or your phone's going to ring. And right after you think that, the phone rings or there's a knock at the door. Oh, yeah, I've had that. I used to be able, I mean, yeah, I've had plenty of stuff like that happen. Yeah, That's called precognition, brother, and that's a spirit gift. And we all have it. That's why I tell everybody, what I'm doing is nothing different than what you can do if you are willing to spend the time and devote the energy to it. Yeah. This is, you know, I've been fortunate. I've been like this since I was six years old. Wow. Okay. And how i don't know why i don't know that's the hard question to answer how and why i don't know i just know that i have a gift who cares it's like for me it's who cares you know Uh, people make a big deal they go you know yeah i don't even like the word psychic to be honest with you I, i prefer to be considered spiritual on all levels but you know people like labels and they have to put labels to you so you're a psychic yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I just, yeah. I think people probably like they they wish it was something like getting bit by a radioactive spider, where it's just a quick event that changes yeah. forever. Yeah, that magically all of a sudden, poof. <laughs> well, the show is Legacy List. The host is Matt Paxson. The evaluator, I will call him that. <laughs> The stuff guy. Yeah, I go by stuff. It's Mike Kelleher, the king of stuff. (laughs) My my childhood best friend. 
Yeah. And so, so Jeff, as we sign off, let us give everybody uh, our cheap plugs. Mike, let's uh, let's plug your social media. Where can people reach you? How can they get a hold of you? Or the show uh, on uh, or the show. Yes. I'm sorry. Or the show. Yeah. So um, if you uh, go to your local PBS website, you can find Legacy List with Matt Paxton through that. Also on uh, Instagram and there's a legacy list TV and um, you know, I, I just really appreciate you guys having me on. Like this, this has been great. Uh, You've been an amazing guest. Amazing. guest. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, no, terrific. Really? I, I'm, I'm, I have to have you back. Oh, yeah. I would love to, because there's still plenty more, you know, I've got two pages of notes here that, uh, you know, well, I can't prepare those them. notes. Do not lose those notes. I promise you, I will make you use them. Jeff's getting really worried right now. <laughs> what, what, what are you remembering? Uh, oh, hang on, hang on. I gotta know. Just give me one, one little tidbit off of there. Yeah. Um. Little tidbit. Okay. One little tidbit. Um. All right. Well, Jeff, I'm gonna ask you a question. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna interview you for just a quick second. Uh oh. <laughs> When, at what point do you remember the point in your wrestling life that you started appreciating a good heel? Oh man, good question. I, I, because I remember we were we were big marks for for Hogan and Sting. Oh yeah, and yeah, we were babyface heavy growing up. Um, I, I would say it wasn't until probably I was about. 16 or so and then i could appreciate the cockiness and everything that rick flair was and what he represented i don't and know if you guys can see this but right there i said i think it's rick flair <laughs> yeah so it was in black and white yeah it was it was probably i mean flair was always one who even as a kid, you know, I wanted to boo and hate because I was a Dusty and a Ricky Morton fan. But, oh, yeah. I mean, deep down inside, I, I mean, who didn't want to be that cocky guy who had all the women and everything else? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so. I mean, we were, we were really into baby faces. And then oh, at yeah. a certain point, we, I know that we were heavy, heavy, heavy for horses. Well, you know what it was about Ric Flair? He brought cool to being bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was he made it cool man. to be a heel. Yeah. I mean. All right, Jeff, what's going on with Vanguard? VCW, we got a show coming up February 1st at the Norfolk Masonic Temple. Uh, Billy Gunn, Gangrel, uh, Brandon Scott, and Ken Dixon in a four-way to deciding faces Gino March the 14th wow. at uh, the Hampton High School. And real quick, we also have a final number. Uh, for what we did for the fundraiser, we raised thirty four hundred dollars for that uh, local high school wrestling. Oh, beautiful for their uh, wrestling program. That was um, that was really good. And uh, of course, everybody can find them at uh, Vanguard Championship Wrestling on Facebook, VCW Wrestling dot com. Go buy your tickets, and we're also for the first time ever allowing you to reserve your ringside seats and where you want to sit. So terrific. That's, um, All right. So um, we got Vanguard out the way. Let me give everybody the heads up on Dog Championship Wrestling. The next show is February 24th in Little Egg Harbor Township, New Jersey. 
It's Battle Brawl. Breaker Morant defends his title against a mystery opponent to be named that night. Wow. Never before has that happened. We will have J.J. Dillon. Teddy oh, wow. Hart will be on hand. Davey Boy Smith Jr. will be there. Whoa. We have a, uh, a special battle royal and a strap match, a lumberjack strap match. Whoa. First that's time cool. in dog. That's, uh... that's February 24th in Little Egg Harbor, New Jersey. You can find our show everywhere across the planet. We are on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podbean, and the video format is available on YouTube. You can reach us at WrestlingWithTheFuture at Yahoo.com. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash WrestlingWithTheFuture and on Twitter at WrestlingFuture. And if there's nothing else, Jeff, from you, anything else? No, I'm good to go. And Mike Kelleher, anything else from you, Mike? You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you guys, but uh, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. Go for it. All right, I I'm straight edge, Triple H straight edge. I actually came up with a list of wrestlers that you may not realize are straight edge. But uh, number one, what do you guys think about Punk coming back for this commentary type role? On uh, he was on backstage, and I think CM Punk's going to be in the ring for you know it. Well, that was my next question: is what are the odds that it may be Royal Rumble as a surprise entrant? Ah, I don't know that. Well, Well, you know, Jeff, there is a history between Brock and uh, Punk. Yeah, Yeah. I I I could. That's where I'm. That's where I'm going with it, Mike. I I could see them possibly pulling him in at number thirty. That's where I'm exactly where I'm going, Jeff. Thank you. I, I can see Brock how over. Would he be at that point? Like, how big oh, a pop would that be? Huge. That would be a Richter scale big enough to describe what the arena would do if he comes out. If, they, they will lose their shit. The straight up. <laughs> I'll say this: if they do that, and they do it, at no, if they make him number thirty, and Brock has gone through all all twenty nine, whatever. Imagine, Jeff. What's that? Could you imagine? Oh, dude, that would be the shot in the arm the WWE needs right now to go oh, into WrestleMania. They, they need it huge. And I got news for you. Think about who they're bringing back. Every time their numbers go down, Jeff, Mike, every time their numbers go down, mm-hmm. they bring back an Austin, an Edge. They bring back an Undertaker. Well, they yeah. just brought back Big Show. Yeah. Uh, they bring back their tried and trues. By the way, do you think it was a little premature to bring back Sheamus instead of having him come out at Rumble? I think it was way premature. Yeah. Like, yeah. A big they, what they did was they tipped their hat. and I, they, I would have left him until Royal Rumble. I would have I would have brought back John Morrison like they did. I mean, I'll, I'll, go for you. I'll go one step further, Jeff. I think they could have left Sheamus or Morrison to Mania. The thing is, is when you got them sitting in the back. Far off, though. No, no. But when you got them, like, in the back burner and the fans know it, they're kind of itching and waiting and waiting and waiting. You just said something important. You just said something important. Oh, I think I know where you're going. The back burner and the fans know it. 
That's my problem. The fans are too damn smart. <laughs> they they or, or they think that they are. like this one. Yeah, but Jeff knows we don't tip the hat over here. I'm just kidding. We, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, we uh we could this we could call this show spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, because I got inside tracks on so much stuff that I haven't even spoken about yet. Oh wow. Same here. I mean, like, just the people that we know in general in the business, it, it would, uh, I yeah. mean, and, 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 and you know, but ha half of what, half of what they hear is, it, you know, or half of what you hear, you got to take with a grain of salt. I mean, it's, uh, well, you got to worry how much they're being worked, how much they're being swerved. I mean, oh, yeah. there's know, a lot so, of smoke and mirrors going on when, you know, yeah. put out by the, the organizations just to, just to, kind of make sure somebody is always guessing but i'll oh, tell you sure. what man like i don't even know like i was a big big cm punk fan i don't know if i want him to come back but it would be huge if he did even for a one shot you know i think if he's i mean he's rested i'll say this for somebody who swore that he hated everything wwe and never wanted anything to do with it and yeah he may be under a fox's contract yeah but I'm, I'm sure the right amount of money can make anybody do anything well I he mean, certainly I'm, wasn't making enough money in the ufc so there you go no. well and and you know, here here's here's a scenario how big of a pop is it going to be if aj lee comes out for the oh, oh, wait aj is punk's money there you go but exactly if, AJ if, is his money. If AJ comes out during the women's battle royal, makes her, her grand reappearance, yeah, whether she wins or not, yeah, that crowd Place is going to be already buzzing and hoping he's getting ready to hit. And oh, if yeah. all of a sudden you hear that those opening that opening rift of cult of personality, yeah, gone, gonzo, that place, oh, yeah. roof is coming off that joint. I mean, they are it absolutely. Where and, where is uh, Rumble this year? What's that? Where is Rumble? I want to say I, I think it's Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I can't wait to see it, but I feel like Rumble just kind of snuck up out of nowhere. To be honest, I agree. And, normally, uh, by, yeah. by this time, normally they have they have hyped it and hyped it and hyped it to where you're kind of like, yeah, like it's just worth of hype. Yeah, four to six. Oh. Weeks. Um, I know they they what was the last pay per view? Um, God, I can't remember, but. TLC. TLC. Okay, so it's usually like right after that. They've they've already forgotten about TLC in full bore. Can I just yeah. say one thing? Um, I am really kind of upset with how they how they're working Liv Morgan's angle. Yeah, I, I get it. I know a lot of people were yeah. hoping that she was going to come out with Bray. Um, oh, really? Was that the was that the thought? That was, I mean, internet scuttlebutt. I mean, that's just what scuttlebutt was. Uh, it has to be true if you heard it on the net. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> that, well, I mean, I was just like what a lot of fans are hoping and speculating. Right. I, I, I'm okay with the, you know, the whole Lana, Bobby Lashley, you, you well, know, it may I don't not care so much about that. I just really loved her as that kind of, um, uh, what was the character from Suicide Squad? That oh she, yeah, yeah, the Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Yeah, like that was such a great angle for her. Like that was a perfect character. When she came back, you know, saying she was 
a new person. I thought of, um, God, I'm drawing blanks on names. The the um, Australian female wrestler that came back. Um, oh, uh, 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 what's her name? The the little girl who did the dance. Um, yeah, she was. Uh, she got t- busted. She's for- in. She's Tennille Tennille Dashwood up in ROH. Is yeah. who she is now. Um, like, I was worried it was going to be. I can't help you on that one, fellas. I'm out of the loop. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. But I, no, I thought that was because they had her in the bathtub and all that. That, that I thought that's where they were going with it, too. But I, I mean, WWE creative, none of us will ever understand because we're not there. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, and that, and, you know, unfortunately. And, you know, for. Uh... Um, God, I'm, you guys, if you don't know me, I'm terrible with names. But the, the female wrestler um, who was um, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the, uh, or no, no, she was um, Muay Thai fighter in uh, in Sonya a- Deville. Sonya Deville. She, w- I thought, was going to be the one to come through for that lesbian storyline. She was, well, no, she's the one who pitched it because she's actually a legit lesbian. Yeah. Um. But I think that was part of what they they didn't want that they didn't want it. They were looking for anything I've read, nothing I've heard, my own take. I don't think that they wanted it to look like an angle when that's who she legit is, uh-huh. versus Liz yeah. Morgan, who's not a legit lesbian to everybody's knowledge, and you know her to be playing one versus somebody who is a legit one. Yeah, acting like you're one, and then it's like, okay, are you poking fun at what you have? really built up because she, right. is, she is a big hero. Well, it's like I said, Jeff, they're looking for the shock value. Yeah. They are, but they she couldn't go with shock value. Yeah, and they couldn't go with Sonya because she's legit a lesbian. So it's kind of like, you know, I think it was kind of, you know what, I'll, Mike, let me ask you this. Are you going to be busy Wednesday night, this Wednesday? Um, Wednesday Tomorrow. night. I don't know. Why? I would love to have you come on with me wow. and Mike, another guy named Mikey. His name is Mike Messier. And another guy, we're going to be doing more or less like a wrestling roundtable internet wrestling talk. Okay. Would you be game? What time is it? We're 7.30. 7.30? I might be able to work that, yeah. Let me know. I would love to have you come on and be a part of it because you definitely got a different take than even they, they got. I mean, uh, on a, uh, so... And Angelo's actually going to let me referee that one, and he's going to just sit in the back. Oh, hey, speaking, back. Of, speaking of referee, let me ask you a question there, ref. Do you <laughs> yeah. have a ref shirt? Not one that fits. Okay. I'm giving you orders. Get a ref shirt. If I can find one that fits, I would love to find one. If I have to buy you one, I want to buy you one. If you seriously, if you can find one online, let me know. I because I have looked. Because I want you to host a show from now on in a ref shirt. I would. I. I, I more than more than love Excellent to. Excellent idea. Okay. Now speaking of surprises and shock and awe, we have an amazing lineup of guests coming up. Starting with this week, we have from World Class Championship Wrestling, the Perfect Ten. Tully Blanchard's Perfect Ten, Baby Doll, coming on Thursday. Baby Doll gets a round of applause. (laughs) We've got next week, we have a full, that's a full week, brother. We've got 
Jimmy Valiant, the Boogie Woogie Man. Oh, We've wow. got Ron Starr. We have Among the People Coming Up, Rico Costantino, Cowboy Johnny Mantell, Cowboy Jody White. We're going to do a show on Cowboys. We got Cowboy Tyrant Eric Dawson coming on. We, we have, oh, let's see. We got Soraya Knight, Paige's mom, coming on the show. We got. W we have Ladies Night coming. We got a handsome guy, Bob Cook. We got Bob Cook and Bill Pierce from WWF coming on the show. Um, Evan Ginsberg is coming back. Uh, Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal. Steve Regal will be here. Regal, wow. We have, uh, again, Ladies Night. Uh, I believe Grimlina will join us. We will have um, Casey Carlisle. I believe we will also have... We may actually have, Jeff, this is a surprise to you tonight. We may actually have Leilani Kai. I heard from Leilani Kai today. And if she can work it out, she will be on the show. And Princess Victoria is a possibility. Uh, it looks like 95% right now. Yeah. Just waiting for Grimmy to work out the details. But for sure, I believe Roxy will join us from GLOW. She. Oh, wow. She, um, uh, the, the, everybody know, I mean, Princess Victoria was the, one of the, or, or probably the original WWF women's world, world tag team champion. She was only in the business for a little over two years. And right. then, made a very uh, impactful presence. She did. And, um, she's actually in the cauliflower alley. Um, and, uh, really, really good legacy there. So. I mean, we got a very, I mean, the, the month of that, yeah, from that's from the end of this yeah. month into next that we got all this and, yeah, and we do have Jason up coming up too. Uh, oh yeah, Jason's coming back, the toy collectible guy. Yeah. Oh. We've got uh, our friend, actor, filmmaker, director, producer, writer, Mike Messier. That's tomorrow We're night, Mike Messier. Tomorrow night. Yeah, and uh, and Mike will be, you know, Mike will be Mike. <laughs> he, uh, what to expect when you got Mike on the show? Yeah, yeah, we. That's how we are. I think we're at <laughs> where we're going to say good night to everybody. Yes, sir. And once again, Mike Kelleher, thank you for joining us on the show. The show is Legacy List, hosted by Matt Paxson and Mike Kelleher, and a team of appraisers and. And um, stuff people. <laughs> I'm the stuff expert. You're the stuff expert. <laughs> There's Jeff the ref will be. You'll see his pretty face tomorrow night. On oh, behalf awesome. of Wrestling with the Future, we will see you at the matches. Good night, everybody, and a happy wrestling. Goodbye, everyone. Excelsior.